Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about Redbirds, Sands of Sleepy Time, and The Savior Shakes, copyright September 2016. I'm Beth Alderkin, I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm not currently having visions of my demise, so I'm doing great. So amazing. You don't have just the visions of your impending doom just in your th- head all the time. Oh, that's just me. Ooh, okay. No, yeah, no. I mean, I have a lot of a lot of those. Like, I have generalized anxiety, so I have a lot of visions of that. But I don't think any of them are correct because yeah, you know how anxiety works. It tells you everything except what's actually going to happen. That is fair, and that's why Prozac is great. Amazing! Yay! (laughs) Well, everyone, we are talking about season six, episode one, "The Savior," and I have two immediate thoughts entering into this episode. One, I'm flabbergasted we are at season six, and also a little sad because that means we only have season six and seven left before our re-journey into Once Upon a Time is over. I'm I'm seeing my own demise at the end of Once Upon a Time, and it's not pretty. It's nope. it involves beignets in Seattle. It's, it's it, the future is bleak, guys. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. Again, it's always been kind of that marker of like we started doing this during the the height of a pandemic to keep ourselves from losing mm-hmm. our minds, and now we're starting season six. That's guys and the pandemic's over yay yay we win COVID. covid's over we beat the covid and the other the other thought was out of all the storylines i expected to come out of the first episode of the land of untold stories um this was far from it this like this episode had none of the storylines i was expecting i thought we were just gonna dive into the land of untold stories but the untold stories are still very untold except in the form of torches in the woods that snow screams at and then walks away just just like silhouettes in plywood Mm -hmm. like in a distance because we couldn't hire anybody um yeah this i usually with a season opener you set up your chessboard hey here's what's gonna happen This episode felt very much like, hey, do you want to play chess? Yeah, absolutely. And there's just like a bucket that you keep every game that you own all the pieces in. And someone just dumped it out and went, I think the chess pieces are in here somewhere. Well, I'll just have to find them. (laughs) But there's also like a lot of Yahtzee stuff and Risk and other board games. So just kind of like root around. And we found everything. 12s in there somewhere. But we didn't find any chess pieces. We just found a bunch of checkers. uh, Because this episode was all over the place. Uh It was... Hilariously, it seemed like between last season and this season, they gained a tad bit of clarity. Like, oh, everyone was upset about Robin, so we have to kind of wrap that up a little bit nicer. Um... And yeah, because like they retcon it a little bit. They were like, oh, well, Hades just said stuff. It's fine, yeah. which is what we were yelling about. And it's just like, we'll just have Henry have an oddly super Christian moment. Yeah. Uh, I was worried <laughs> he was going to start singing. Yeah. Oh, God is an awesome. It's like, stop, stop. What's happening? 
yeah, this this episode was all over the place and so much Belle and Rumple flashbacks that I did not appreciate in the slightest. It went on for far too long and I was mad about it. But the big thing of this episode, the big piece that is laid out for us is not the stories that must be told. The stories that I will tell from my prison cell because I immediately get captured. What the frick? Um, it's that Emma's, um, not feeling so great. And apparently this is a thing. There's a lot of saviors, just like a lot of dark ones. And they all get the savior shakes. And I, as we kind of go through this, because this is clearly a big part of Emma's story this season, I just want to lay it out there that it felt uncomfortable to me to watch her repeatedly doing that because there are people who have medical conditions. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've seen recently, like, people get made, you know, people getting made fun of for those kind of things or, or, and I just felt it was kind of taking something kind of marginalizing it. I don't, it's really hard for me to express. It just made me uneasy. It does because, like, when people have, and I know people who have it, um, like, when you have a central tremor, it's not, it can be, but typically not as dramatic as she was playing it. And I wish she wouldn't have, like, I feel like she was trying to do this like she was on a stage because she was shaking it so much you could have probably seen it from a football field away. And it's like, but they're zooming in on her hand and it's very clear that she's doing it on purpose because she has full control of her hand. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you have shakes that you genuinely can't control like that, it is not, when it's new, I'll put it that way, in my experience, it is not that <laughs> animated. And it did, you're right, it didn't feel correct. Like, I I guess I get it, but at the same time, it was executed in the worst way possible. It's just, it's one of those things... And it's a situation we've seen on Once Upon a Time before where you could do any number of things to represent something and this is the one you went with and it was the wrong one. Yeah. Like, Emma's having these shakes because she's seeing the future of her death, which, yeah, that sucks. But does it have to be a shake of your hand that is very uncomfortable to look at and and not well represented? Yeah. Uh, Like, and why would... Both her and the previous savior we see a long, long ago, which we'll get into in a second. Why would they have the exact same shake in the exact same way? It's and only that hand. It has a feeling of like that that episode where Hook got his hand back, but it was evil. Like, is all of your anxiety centralized into your hand, and it's like trying to escape that way? Like, in I can confidently say it's never quite explained, but. There's a there's a better way to do this. So we'll yeah. we'll delve into that. Oh, okay. So imagine Beth. Mm-hmm. Very specific moment in the timeline, okay? Many years ago. <laughs> we start with a horse running in a field because I think they've just decided that every season is gonna open with that shot. Yeah. I don't know if this was intentional the whole way through or if they just decided midway through the series that that was just what they were gonna do. But I'm like Okay, I know it's a new season of Once Upon a Time. Listen. Horse in a field. Listen, they they are trying to figure out what lightning in a bottle they caught in season one. 
and they're going to continue trying the opening shot of a dramatic horse ride. And we introduce a lot of very familiar elements to really hook everybody because we then immediately see a magic carpet. So we get man on horse out trying to outrun man on magic carpet. He runs into a CGI though, Abby. Yeah. I cackled in my living room when the CGI of the man on the magic carpet just zoomed into my frame. I It reminded me of like, do you remember any of the Mario games where there was the character with the magic carpet and like you would yes. ride it and you would just be do 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 on your side scroller? Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. But I'm, I cackled because they were doing a couple like POV man on the carpet shots where it's... I'm looking yes. at the ass of this horse running away from me, but I'm also like looking at part of the carpet and I'm just imagining two PAs holding <laughs> this carpet kind of in front of the camera. Just like, ooh, ooh. Cause it was so, it was so hokey and it was like the cheapest carpet they could find. Like, come on, mm-hmm. the magic carpet keeps it tight. Like, yeah, magic carpet would be much better than this. So we run into a hut. All of this stuff with the Oracle, is so hokey because she has also this weird newscaster annunciation that drove me nuts. Like when she shows up to Emma and she's like, ah, yes, the savior, you have these things. I'm like, why are you pronouncing the hell out of every consonant? What's going on? This guy runs in. He's like, we need the savior because the savior is not a one special thing that emma is we've gone far enough into the show that we've now made it like everything else a job that has existed since the beginning of time with a with lore um Mm -hmm. and tropes (laughs) which is my favorite part where it's like oh there's saviors this is what you do it's like this is what y'all do what do you mean y'all um he runs in he's like i need the savior the woman's like no he's not taking calls today is that a savior shop? Like, do you go in and you're like, hey, I need the savior. Like, has he hustling? Like, is this like his, this is his side hustle where he's just like, I will take, I don't, I don't leave the savior hut for less than $10,000 a day. Like, let's go. I will save your home from being foreclosed. I am the savior. I am the savior. Can you imagine how many, like, how many, like, random saviors are just like wandering around i'm a savior you can check me like i i it is i am the i am the product of true love my parents super loved each other definitely 100 percent because i rule what do you yeah need i thought like yeah i thought savior was like a very specific yeah product of true love i also thought it was specific to emma i don't know why we're expanding the lore i guess because we already ran out of dark one stuff so we can't expand that lore this, anymore this would be like Listen, there's, we are, sorry, I already invoked the whole Christianity thing. I'm just going to say, you know, there's a second coming of Jesus that's supposed to be happening. Um, This would be like if there was just going to be a different, like it wasn't the second coming of Jesus. It's just a different guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're different. Just, this is a different, oh, Jesus, it's actually a title. It's like, not his name, it's just a title. So, runs in, help, help, we need it. No, I'm not taking anybody. And then we just see that this character have the savior shakes and because he's hunched, it looks a little less weird when he first does it. But you see, but the I flash think that's back. also because of the shadows too. Yeah, like the shadows. They, yeah, the and he's also hunched, so it kind of looks like maybe it's his whole body, maybe something else is happening. 
Doesn't look as bad. You're like, okay. Gets a little flashbacks. <sighs> then Jafar enters and immediately Thanos dusts the first dude, throws the Oracle lady to the side, and then just monologues at Aladdin. And it's just like, ah, this is, this is your fate for being a dick to me. And I think it's hysterical. And he leaves. Like, his whole thing was to chase this dude down, turn him to dust, and then just gloat at Aladdin for a little bit for no one else to enjoy except Aladdin, which is how you know Jafar is a bad, bad mofo. <laughs> it's like, he's not monologue for anybody except himself. Amazing. And Jafar is played by uh, the actor in The Mummy. Nice. And he's been in a lot of other stuff. Um if you compare him to the one in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, I don't know. Like, they both have their qualities. I think they're both pretty attractive as Jafar. I think, like, kind of makes you root for him a little bit. I don't I don't need Jafar to be attractive. I just, I, I, I need to stop having complicated feelings about villains. It's dry. It, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Please. So, yeah, so now. Please. So now we head into a storybook and uh, right in the middle of some, uh, well, we're, we're getting in some hanky panky. Okay. okay. So this whole scene was hysterical because it was just like they're making out and Emma is weirdly trying to think of every reason that they shouldn't be absolutely banging it out on this couch. And it's just like, Emma, let's clear our head. Let's have a little bit of fun in the home that you own. She's like, what about, what about Henry? And he's like, Hook has done all of the final checks. Like, he is doing the go-no-go checklist before launch. And he's just like, Henry, with Regina. Your parents, they don't want to see this. Let's go. (laughs) It's hysterical. (laughs) And they're, I just, please, just, I want these two to just be able to have 10 minutes together. They have not been able to rest or do anything. Or you can just hang out and watch an episode of Lost together. Like, it's just one thing after another. So they they start, lay, he's laying the smack down. Like, it's great. He's on top, on the couch, it's great. And then the Jurassic Park uh, glass starts shaking. And it's like, my God, something's going on. So they, they jump up. I am so angry that Hook didn't get to have a fun saucy line. Me too. I was Come so, on. I was expecting one. Cold, kind of cold fish or something, you know? Like, he's... He's, 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 you know, he wanted to walk that plank, damn it. Well, like, yeah, like, it's just a, hey, we're, 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 um, I'm about to make sweet, sweet love to you. And then the, the glass starts shaking. It'll be like, ooh, told you I could rock your world. And then she's like, no, something's happening. You know what I mean? Like, just something kind yeah. of Yeah. Anyway, what is it? Oh, it's, the house is shaking because of a bunch of dirigibles are in low airspace. Confusing. It's just one. It's just I'm one sorry, with just like one. a bunch of, with a bunch of people like, jammed into it apparently but not a lot not too too many because we can't afford that many extras no we can't afford too many and also none of them are screaming i feel like you would have been able to hear like a seat like a like an amusement park roller coaster amount of people going "Ah!" as this thing crashes to the ground (laughs) then we gather everyone's gathered and Hyde shows up in his bane voice and a number of times I I had to rewind a couple times because I got lost because I would like stare off into the middle distance and I was trying to do the face that Sam Witwer is doing because he kept flexing his top lip a bunch. Mm. Like 
it was he only did it every once in a while but the first time he shows up on screen his front lip is so much more over like it's almost like he has an overbite but he's flexing his lip in some sort of like he's making some sort of face and so i'm like i'm like i was trying to do it i'm like this is but it also makes sense how he does his voice like if you try to mimic his voice if you if you if you push your lip out, you're, it makes a lot more sense. You're, oh, I was born in darkness. You simply adopted it. Like, I, and I love how he just, like, he just leans into, like, it's my town now. Rumpel gave it to me. And everyone's like, no, you don't own this town. And he's like, but yeah, I do. No, like, listen, fake it till you make it. Hyde man. is gaslight gatekeep and girl bossing his way into mayorship. He is just yes, going to keep is. saying he owns the town until no one questions him anymore. And they get mad and they try to fight him. Like, Regina makes some sort of weird comment. She's like, My other half is gone. I don't know how powerful it'll be. And they're like, No, we got this girl power. And they like fist bump and they do their magic. It doesn't work. And Hyde sort of like sidesteps it. Which is really funny. And he's like, you you can't hurt me because I'm an untold story. And I, I didn't understand the point of this. But he was just like, I win. We. <laughs> and, and like leaves. And he was like, all these untold stories are here. And that's when like Emma gets her first bout of what we have now called the savior shakes. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. And Emma, having not learned a damn thing. For a single episode, please, just retain one lesson. She immediately shuts every single person out. To the mm-hmm. point where it drives Hook to drinking. <laughs> like, not that he doesn't like to drink, but to sad drink. Alone yeah. at Granny's. Come on, Emma. Just... Yeah, I I saw an interview that the showrunners did about this. And, like, their whole their justification was really bad. Their, their justification was just like every time, you know, basically that it's they're literally seeing Emma regress back to season one. Like anytime there's a challenge, Emma regresses. I'm like, that's not character growth. If you have to say at the at a at the moment's notice, anytime there's a challenge, your character reverts back to how they were six years ago, like you know, six storytelling years ago. That's bad storytelling. And it really explains a lot. Yeah, I I understand that not that much time has passed to her, but at the same time, you do retain some lessons. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, we've been the dark one. Our boyfriend dies. We go to hell and bring him back. Now, dirigibles are falling from the sky. We can maybe say, hey, the dirigible fell down, and now I have an uncontrollable shake, and I should probably talk to somebody about this. Don't hide your symptoms, guys. Talk to people because sometimes you're sitting there Googling things. <laughs> it's my entire journey, by the way, with celiacs. I had it for so long. I kept Googling symptoms and the first thing that would always pop up, celiac disease. And I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> Couldn't possibly. Nope. Not me. Not this guy. Guess what? Um, it, yeah. Wouldn't it have been nice for this storyline if like instead Emma had confided in Hook but then asked him not to tell anybody and made it more that she had somebody to bounce these anxieties off of I mean I I do like the the the, the scene she shares with Hyde I thought it was very interesting um and kind of hints at what a better season it would have been if they'd focused more on him as a as a villain because Sam Whitmer is just very interesting as a person but like it's just so ridiculous the choices that they made in all of this. Yes. 
So Emma has her shake. She's not, she doesn't like it. Uh, Regina goes off and we will talk about Regina's journey in a little bit. Uh, but Emma's whole thing is that she doesn't understand what's happening. And when she panics like this, she becomes very insular and won't talk to anybody. So then there's this whole mm-hmm. scheme with Jekyll to like, he, he builds his weapon. We're going to use this weapon on Hyde. We're going to get him, but like Emma's shaking so much she can't use the weapon, but then does use the weapon. It throws him. Oh, I'm sorry. Hyde waits so long. Like, why does he just like look like a a dog, a deer caught in the headlights for way too long while Emma's fumbling around with this thing? Like he sees her with this weapon that he recognizes and does not lunge for her to stop her. No, this is the first Avengers movie with Loki. He wants to be there. He's there on purpose. Mm. It's all part of his grand plan. It's not. Uh, he immediately <laughs> gets captured with these fancy steampunk handcuffs that will apparently mm-hmm. hold him. And they put him in jail. And he makes a comment, be like, oh, Emma, you shit. You know, you've got the Xavier shakes. And she's like, what? Tell me more. And you just see Charvy just shove his head into the cop car. Like, nope, go. <laughs> Emma, like Snow is trying to talk to Emma and she just shuts her down. Hook tries to talk to her. She shuts him down. But then she goes and meets with the sexy man with the mountain chops alone. They don't even also, put him in wait, jail. Wait, wait, I do. Okay. I don't want to skip over Archie showing up for the first time in years with Pongo. And, co- and empty coffee cups. And empty coffee cups and getting shut down. And getting shut down. And then also like a weird anti-pill comment. Uh, because he's like, you know, you need to express these things. He does say a nice thing because she's like, listen, this is the last, this is the absolute, the last thing I need in the world right now is therapy. I cannot handle therapy right now. And he goes, that is my time to shine. (laughs) That's when you need me the most. It is why I've absolutely appeared. And she's like, a cricket. He's like, yes, a cricket. You jerk. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) my fake degrees let me do this. And Pongo's just like chilling there, just being like, I thought we were going to go walk. I still have to poop. And she's like holding a cup. The empty coffee cup thing, I get. But the fact that people immediately take drinks out of them, like they don't even pantomime how you would drink coffee. Like no one does that. No one takes a coffee from somebody and then just immediately starts drinking it. Like that's insane, right? You check the temperature. Thank you. Okay, I was like, I'm not insane, right? Because it's a oh, I'm gonna t- okay, it's good to drink or oh, criminy, that's hot. Jiminy crickets, that's hot. <laughs> nope, we just drink it like a like a, and he's like he's like maybe we need to talk about it. And she's like, can't you just like give me a pill? And he's like, that's not gonna solve all your problems. Okay, but couldn't you still though? <laughs> like maybe <laughs> maybe it won't solve all the problems, but it'll be a, a journey forward. Like. If, or you just like, listen, I don't have a prescription pad and this town does not have a pharmacy. Okay. <laughs> so we just have and, some, we just have some nuns that are fairies. And and don't even get me started on, on, uh, what is it? Sneezy's. Sneezy does have a pharmacy, but he's surprisingly anti-vax. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all he cares is, all he carries is homeopathic remedies. Listen, you don't need a vaccine. You know what you need? This essential oil. Would you like to yes. join my marketing team? So, <laughs> so Archie comes up. So then she goes and she meets. They're not keeping Hyde in the jail cell in which someone could watch him. They keep him in the 
padded room that mm-hmm. is also randomly later lit like 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 the underworld because it's like sapia tone for a little while and i was like flashbacks no <laughs> and she and hyde okay i need you to be honest with me am i reading too much fan fiction was there a weird chemistry between them i wanted them to kiss every time they got near each other <laughs> you are not wrong yes not only because you're not wrong, but also we literally talked about this the last time we talked about this episode. I remember us talking about the weird, like we thought there was going to be some weird love triangle thing or something. Like we yeah. speculated. Avi didn't happen because Emma and Hook are endgame and we can't actually have any real tension or, or sto- no. interesting story no, conflicts. Can't do that. And, you know, that's that's way back in season one. We don't get to do anything we like that. We can't regress anymore. like that. We're not regressing like no. that. No. We're not regressing. We're not regressing in interesting ways. We're regressing in stupid ways. So she she meets up with Hyde. Hyde has Hyde is like the coolest prisoner in the world. Uh, because he's like, mm, if you were coming to bargain with me, you need to either bring a carrot or a stick, and you have neither. Meh. And she's like, Okay, well then I'm just gonna like leave forever because you're a pompous jackass who needs someone <laughs> to talk to. And if I never come back you won't have anyone to talk to. And he's like, no, when who will I tell my cool stories to? Okay, we can talk. (laughs) It's fine. And tells her to follow a red bird to get her information because why not? Why, Why not be weird and cryptic and introduce some sort of odd storytelling element? So she goes, she meets up with Hook, she, like, apologizes, but then she, like, follows the red bird. She meets the newscaster Oracle, who is just like, you are having visions of your own demise. Visions are terrible, but they're, but they're 100% right when they're not. 100%, 80% of the time. It's like, what are you talking about? But Emma's now convinced she's seeing herself die. So, mm-hmm. but that's what's giving her one hand shaking problems. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stupidness with this, like, that you could unpack forever. One, I think the actress who plays the Oracle, like, yes, she has the newscaster, vo- newscaster voice. I think she's fine. Horribly miscast. Yes. Horribly. Like, I, I think it's very interesting to have, like, a young child in the role of this Oracle figure. Although we got it better when they had the Oracle with like, the you know, the I eyes on their her. hands I and everything. Her. Yeah. Like we've had that before and it was better and more interesting. And two, I'm pretty sure this is Jafar in disguise because <laughs> she had the staff that is definitely the snake staff. And, of you know, I'm guessing that maybe Jafar is I working mean, with the evil queen. The red bird is Yago, right? Yeah. So. So there's like a whole thing there. Yeah. And three, I just don't like this. I just think it's stupid. That's yeah, all. it wasn't great. Um, but also because, like, talking about tropes and stuff, like creepy kid, creepy tween, oracle. I don't know. It's like Satan in a suit. Like, you're just like, we've we've done this. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's not groundbreaking. You're not, you know, whatever. Whatever. So anyway, that's what we know about that Mm-hmm. Um, and also somewhere in the middle of that, Snow White does a call to action in the middle of the woods. 
She's yes, like, hey, be- there's a bunch of people. You guys all come to Granny's to eat for free. I'm not even going to stand around and wait. I'm actually going to fully leave and go do a third thing. <laughs> and keep and Charming will be in charge of the Granny drop. Like, she has no idea how many people she just invited to a diner that maybe seats 20. <laughs> yeah, also, how do they know? They don't know what Granny's yeah, is. Yeah, come to they Granny's. They don't know. Bye. See you later, everybody. Uh, uh, did she say anything? Do any of them speak English? Oh, my goodness. Do any of them know how to read? Yeah, do. And also, wouldn't that be like, they're they're hiding because they don't know if they can trust her. If I'm like, hey, I'm scared of this person. And then that person comes out into a clearing and goes, don't worry, you can trust me. Please come to a second location and eat food we serve you. We'll meet you there. Hard pass every time. Oh, 100%. Time. I'd like, go farther away. Be like, oh, I'm about to I... lose my kidney. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to wake up in a tub of ice. Like, this is not okay. But they do... They all go to Granny's, and Granny's super pumped about it. Like, like none of these people are paying, and if they are paying, they're playing in doubloons, and I don't know if there's an exchange rate or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know what kind of money. I'm trying to think of funny money from different movie or different books, and it's just coming up blank. It doesn't matter. It's it's just a bunch of the Valor Morghulis coins. It's it's just a bunch. It's just a bunch of Charlotte Bronte characters being like, "I will sell you my daughter," and you're like, "No, no, 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 stop it! No, no, just not eat again! The, just eat the lasagna. We don't care how brooding the boy over there is. It's fine. Yes, I know my granddaughter's gay, but she's got a girlfriend. Yeah. She's and fine. They were best friends. They lived with each other until they died. Best friends. <laughs> Well, before we get into Regina's story and the Zelina of it all, because, <sighs> dear God, Zelina gets WVP, worst valuable piece of poo. Um, well, close, <laughs> close second is is um, is gold, is Rumpel. Oh. Um, so we see kind of like through a little clever little flashback that um, Hyde told Gold the secret to waking Belle up, which is to go into the land of dreams and go into Belle's dream to wake her up from the inside. Which, out of all, like, this I didn't mind. Like, No, I, this was fine. I, d- I don't like the idea of a sleeping curse that only can be broken with true love's kiss. I don't like the idea of it having a back door. But also, like, all magic isn't a one and done situation well except when it is when it's convenient except when it's not like when robin may or may not be obliterated but we're just going to choose to believe he's fine no he went he went to the one and true christian heaven so it's fine yeah he's good he's fine so like i i think this is okay what's not okay is what is bell having a nightmare that is worse than the red room of fire and we also get a mention of her being in the Red Room of Fire. This, this was, this was tough. Like, this was, this was rough, guys. Is the, oh, I know we asked this before. Has the baby been in the Red Room of Fire? I, honestly, I, I feel like. it's his dream, too. So, honestly, like, from what I understand about what we know about how, like, babies experience the world, I, I just think that all all this baby would know is hungry or not hungry. Mm. So like, I, as long as the red room of, 
of whatever is keeping his diapers changed, he's probably fine. He's also, like, real young, so, like, I don't know how far along she's supposed to be in this scenario. Um, so I'm sure it's just fine. I think he's still, like, a zygote. She's, she's got oh. flat tummy. Okay, that's fine. But uh, he's old enough to have dreams and to manifest himself as as a as as not Taryn Edgerton, which I cause dear God, I thought this was Taryn Edgerton for a long time. I was like, wait, Taryn Edgerton was on Once Upon a Time? No, he was not. Taryn, well, I want to be Taryn Edgerton. We have Taryn Edgerton at home. The Taryn Edgerton at home. <laughs> no, he's fine. The guy is fine. Um. So yeah, so he enters the temple of Morpheus. Um. Hold your hold your matrix jokes, guys. Just hold them till the end of the tour, please. Um, and he uses some magical sand and he enters Belle's dream. And Morpheus himself shows up with a Friar Tuck haircut that I could not get over. Um, and he's like, hey, um, so we're in Belle's dream. More like a nightmare. It's in your house. And her nightmare is being your servant again and being weird and subservient to Rumpelstiltskin. I didn't know how I felt about this. Like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, this is her nightmare. But also, I don't like seeing her this subservient and scared and small. And we, it, it was unsettling to me. I don't know how you felt. I think, to me, it was just like, the idea was supposed to be, oh, this is Belle remembering a time when she didn't know as much as she did. It's like mm. the romanticizing of being younger and just be like, remember when we didn't know what taxes were and voting was? <laughs> remember that nice time? This is Belle's version of that. Because um, I had a number of thoughts and one being like, well, I'm certainly glad this is what she was dreaming and not having like an actual nightmare with something like some sort of weird monster thing that actually had no way of being murdered. Because like, I don't know about you, but I don't have dreams about my past like this. No. Even nightmares, like, they're not lucid like this. They're not something you can walk through and be fine. They're weird and disjointed. And the nightmares are even worse. Um, and then I had a really funny thought because I'd just been watching Emma and uh, Emma and Hyde interact being like, they should kiss. So then my brain was in the wrong place. So I was like, wouldn't it be funny if he was like, I'm going to enter her dream. And she was having, like, a randomly really horny dream for no reason. <laughs> like about someone else because you can't control your brain like no 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 wait what's happening what's going on full-on three-way with gaston and uh shoot what's the guy's name from one spot of time in wonderland that she was dating for a while i oh um uh oh no um will yes will scarlet will scarlet i was about to say scarlet gaston and bell pirates of carbon okay so a full katie roberts book is happening in her head (laughs) yep so, but anyway, yeah, he goes in and it's just, I don't know, I I guess I got it, but at the same time, it went on for so long, I felt like they were trying to be like, remember when you liked this? As, as the audience, like they were trying to tell the audience, remember when you loved this ship? Please love it again. Yeah, please. Please remember when it was good, because we're going to make you like it. We're later. even going to play the music. We're going to do the dress again. Yeah. So, um, so Morpheus tells Rumpel that he has one hour to free Belle 
And after that, she's going to be in the red room of fire forever and can never be woken up ever. I'm guessing this is bullshit, especially given what we learn later. I'm just going to choose to believe that because this seems really like a weird set of rules that I, I, I don't follow and I don't agree with. We're, we're going the Hades route with this one. Morpheus is just talking shit out of his booty butt. Well, it's also a dream. So like he could be like, you have one hour. An hour is up. <laughs> oh missed it by that much hour lasts for eternity so yeah so bell is you know she's like oh i got to make your tea rumple rumple is back in his whole rumple thing which i enjoyed seeing the return of this and he's like i'm gonna make bell fall in love with me all over again by making her remember the good old days never a good plan like if you're like Trying to get back with your ex by making them remember the good times is a bad plan. Yeah, no, yeah. Let us let me show you about the past. Remember, again, remember when you didn't know stuff about me? Remember yeah. when I haven't, remember 15 years ago when I didn't betray you at every possible turn? No matter what you said or did, I lied to you and tricked you. Remember? Wasn't it great? Wasn't it wonderful? And so he decides the best way to make her remember how much she loves him is by just being nice for five minutes and dancing with her for much longer than that. Felt like an eternity. They were dancing. And she's kind of like hook, line, and sinker kind of falling for it and is making me incredibly uncomfortable. I did not care for this. This is love bombing again. Yes. This is a whole totally love bombing. 100%. And then they, they kiss and he starts kind of turning back into his gold human self. And Belle ends the kiss and is like, wait, no, I kind of remember when you were a jerk now. And I'm not here for it. And then you see Morpheus in the back. Yes, mother. It was all part of the test. I am the fetus in your belly. Everything about this was so uncomfortable to me. I don't know if I had the same optics of it the the first time we watched this. But now I'm just like, if my son talked to me like this, I'd be like, okay, so we like all collectively need therapy because every bit of this and i get it he is still a baby like technically like this is him manifesting himself into like an older thing so he's not going to have actual adult thoughts and children have a very clingy nature it but it was still coming out of the mouth of a full-grown man and it seemed so edible that i didn't care for it yeah, I, I couldn't tell if this was, like, a time travel thing. Like, you know, he, he you know, that their son is, like, living in the future in the past. Like, time outside of time because, you know, Morpheus and, and the sleeping stuff. I don't know if that's the case or if this tiny fetus was just manifesting itself as a full-grown man uh, with full language capabilities. I don't know. Um... But I did like the end result of it, which was Belle getting the heck away from Rumple and being like, no, I've got to, like, my son is telling me to stay away from you, so I'm going to do that. That being said, I don't like that 
it, it's up to a man. There it is. There it is. That was my biggest problem too. I'm just like, I wish Belle could just have thoughts of her own that did not come to her from a dude. Please. Yeah. Belle, have an original thought that you've decided all on your own. Because honestly, I don't know if we've we've talked about this on here before, but like when you make a decision based on someone else's advice and stuff, you're kind of like, okay, that's fine. But when you've made a good decision based on the thoughts and actions of your own, it's a lot more fulfilling and you're much more likely to stick to it. And yeah, she like she has done she's made decisions regarding Rumpel before on her own, but they've never lasted very long. Like anything that has a real impact is caused by somebody else, typically a man. I do want to make a little, because I have the Wikipedia up to kind of follow things along. And there's a really funny sentence in here where it says, gold is left bereft as even his unborn son hates him. Listen, this is what I, is exactly what I texted Beth while I was watching it. Speed run. Rumpel owns the world, has the world record for making your son hate you. Like five weeks in utero. Like Mm -hmm. Belle has barely missed a period and this kid hates you already. And I mean, Rumpel's in a rough spot. He's getting cock-blocked by his own kid. <laughs> Before the kid is even born. imagine? Be like, oh my God, it's my new son. And he's just like, you suck. Mom, get out of here. And he's like, what? I, uh, hmm. Like, it's just, this is what I like. I like him being left without anything. That's how this episode ended. This episode ended without him being like, actually, I won. It was literally him losing to the person he didn't want to lose against because he wanted to win with Belle. Like, his whole plan is to trick her and be like, mm-hmm. no, it was me. It was me that did it. He's trying to be a... He's just being a dick. But then he's, like, also being beat by his own son, which is something he could have neither predicted nor controlled. And he's just standing there, mouth agape, like... Bereft is such a wonderful word for that. I I am obsessed with it. Um, I was reading the fan page and I I don't have it anymore. My iPad died. There was like a random thing on the fan wiki where it was like this is an allusion to Carl and Ellie's son from Up. There's there's a lot wrapped up in in the Morpheus character. Apparently, they were trying to do too much. I think I don't even want to think about that because that's really, oh really, really I know freaking messed up oh yeah I know I read it and I think I literally don't remember the rest of the sentence because my brain just went no <laughs> we yeah. will not be absorbing this fact thank you no no we're gonna reject that and so uh Belle leaves she's sad walking in the storybrook because she has no other purpose than rumple and um yeah and he's left alone something tells me that there's I, I again I don't remember and so I'm obviously we're going to find out, but I remember there being something weird about the sun. Like there's more than meets the eye. There's some, a double thing. There's some kind of, I don't know if it's related to the black fairy. Like there's a whole, I know there's a whole situation with him. There's a vibe where he ends up like not being a totally good guy. So I think by the way, that this is the episode that inceptioned us into our charmed path. Because really? this storyline reminds me so much of Phoebe's, not Phoebe, um, oh no, Piper's second son. 
who like shows up yeah and he's bad but then like i'm actually your son i feel like i had pointed maybe pointed that out the one before and then it was just like couple seasons later we're like hey they're redoing charmed let's watch the old charm and stuff like that so like you know what i specifically blame this episode whether it's real or not i'm blaming this episode <laughs> for the charmed run uh because i thought about that too I, while i was watching i'm like oh this is the this is the piper storyline anyway this is whole i i remember i feel like he ends up being the big bad if i'm remembering correctly like he's the one in emma's vision i don't remember yeah. I don't, I mean, we're going to find out. So, but yes, I think there's obviously because Rumple has to win in the end. So something has to go wrong here. Yeah. Anyway, we, the final story is Regina and then also tangentially Zelina. Um, Zelina sucks in this episode. Oh my gosh, she's and so bad. The only time I kind of liked her was when she was being really, really ditzy and forgetful. Even yeah. though like Regina was legit hurt that Zelina had lost the feather that um that that Roland had left for Regina like I get Regina being upset about that but also Zelina has very much young mom new mom brain and yeah. I can feel that like you lose shit all you when you're a young parent you just lose shit all the time especially like pregnancy pain brain and post-pregnancy brain are very real oh and not sleeping uh just the yeah. whole vibe like everything about it you're just so scatterbrained um so, like, I get that, and it's fine. All that folk was like, oh, the house is a wreck. Oh, this is going on. That's fine. But everything she says from, like, after that scene. Because also, by the way, the super secret special place that she put the feather was a tree above a bench? I have questions. Yeah, but I couldn't tell if that was Robin's feather or if that was the red the red bird. Like spying? It looked like tell. half a feather, like a kind of feather that you'd put on an arrow. Ah. But I I don't know. I honestly wasn't sure. I, mean, I couldn't You're tell. probably right. I couldn't tell. I mean, it makes more thematic sense for it to be Robin's long lost, um, long lost heaven feather. It says heaven feather. It's how you know. It's, just, it's tears from heaven, but it's actually feathers from heaven. <laughs> Would you know my name? If I show you in Anywho, Zelina sucks so bad in this episode because she just forgets the feather. Okay, fine. Pregnancy brain, whatever. And then, like, we get a scene later on after they've disposed of, they've deposed. They've disposed, disposed of him. <laughs> they deposed Hyde. Regina's back in her office and she's having a very emotional moment um, because this is where Robin died. And I do want to give Lana Perilla props in this episode because I do feel like she was playing Regina a bit differently. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know how long this lasts, but I know there were there. You could tell there were conscious decisions in this episode that anger. There was a, a bit of anger and rage in her that was no longer there. She, Regina, Regina got her 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 magic Prozac. We're here for it. <laughs> Go. I don't care what you say, Archie. Medication. Did it solve her problem? No. No. Did it help? Yes. Yes. Did it cause an evil clone uh, to manifest somewhere else? Also true. Did did we push our pain down like a Midwesterner and it manifested as a whole different thing? Yes. It's fine. It's fine. And Zelina decides to um, take this opportunity to 
remind Regina and everybody. Oh, yeah, I totally get what you're going through because my boyfriend died here, too. Like. Regina, and this is where <laughs> Regina, thank God, says what everybody in the world is thinking. Zelina, what the hell are you talking about? I blame you for this. I blame you for Robin being obliterated because you, I trusted you and you aligned yourself with Hades and didn't listen to anything. I put my faith in you and you fudged up so badly that my main cast member is no longer on the show. He was just exploded into nothing. He doesn't get to go up or down. He is just nothing. He ceased to be. It's like he wasn't even here. And then Zelina, I oh I know she's the older sister, but she acts so much like a petulant younger sister. Mm-hmm. And it is just a, oh, well, let me tell you about what's making me sad, which is in no way the same caliber or even a problem when you think about it. And let me say it at a volume even louder. And with more tears. Like, this was such... I think I hated it so much because of... Like, it it had a very real moment to me. Where I'm like, oh my god, this has been done to me. And I hate it. It's like, I did... I said something real. And then you made it worse by being weird. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah, because Zelina... When she starts, she's not making a terrible point. It's not a good point. No. But... It's it's irrational, but it also it also makes sense. She's upset that Regina wanted to take away this part of herself and didn't and didn't trust her. Instead, she went to Snow and she's like, you didn't trust me with that, with this you know thing you wanted to do. You didn't even tell me it was happening until it was done. I understand that. But then her actual damage is that. You destroyed the part of yourself that's most like me. How, how is that the damage? How is that anything? Like, if, okay, listen, if she would have dropped the word wicked in there, I think it would have landed better. If she would have said you got rid of your wicked side because you don't embrace it as part of you. And I didn't do that. I don't get to, like there's a good there's a point in there that you, that could have been made. It was not. It didn't land anywhere near that point. It landed in a different state and zip code than that point. I she she'd have a leg to stand on. They'd have such a better argument. But again, petulant child argument. Because Regina doesn't follow up either. Be like, I can't believe you didn't trust me. The last time I tried to trust you, my boyfriend was reduced to atoms. I I can't. And you're acting like it's my problem. Like I can't keep forgiving you. Because again, we're hovering around a point. You don't have to forgive everybody. You don't have to let them all back in your lives, guys. We can draw boundaries. Yeah, and you're absolutely right about, you know, if Zelina's point was, 
it's part of you just as it's a part of me. And the the strength in overcoming your obstacles is what makes you a full person. Right now you are half a person because the, the things that you, the struggles you overcame are no longer part of your identity. You have taken them away. That would have been a more interesting point, but it is 100% not a point Zelina would make because it's not something that has been in Zelina's character. What has been in her her character is being incredibly selfish, but the show doesn't quite realize that it's selfish. And she's immature and naive and ridiculous, and the show doesn't realize that's what she's doing. The show just needs her to provide conflict. The show wanted the conflict to be there, but to also set up her befriending the evil queen. And they did it in the clunkiest way possible. Oh my god. So yeah, so we close out the episode with two things. One, a scene I well, I liked both these scenes, but one I really liked. The scene with Regina and Snow was great. And this episode was written by the showrunners and they have they have nuggets of gold every once in a while. This was one of them. This was a moment where I felt they really understood the growth of these two characters, even if for the most part they never show it. Where it's, you know, it's Regina talking about her loss and and her pain and snow really empathizing with it and being there for her and then regina has this real moment where she's just like i was an awful stepmother and how did you you know i was a horrible person to you i was i should have been a mother figure for you and i failed how did you keep going and then she snow says well you kind of inspired me because going on was the only thing i could do like you were, you made things so hard for me. All I could do is survive, and so, and then they like their arm in arm, and Robin's heaven feather is there. I loved it. I teared up a little bit. I will admit, it was I, very sweet. I did like this moment because it did have that like, it did have a real mother daughter feeling to it, of mm-hmm. when you come out of your. I'm going to use the word petulant again, but like when you're a petulant teenager and like you have a kind of a contentious relationship with your mother. But then, like, you're 25 and now she's your best friend and you cannot stop calling her at work all the time. And she, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, hello, it's me, the light of your life. I remember when I was 19 and I told you I hated you. It's not real. Like, it's fine. Like, we're best friends now. How do I boil water? I'm lost. <laughs> um, like, that's such a real, like, and that's probably a father something, too. I'm just speaking to my personal experiences. I, like, I had an okay relationship with my mom, but I know that, like, there's a, time period you go through where you're just like i am so much smarter than every adult i've ever met in my life you are all dumb i am a genius and then somewhere you come around you're like oh being an adult is impossible and (laughs) i completely understand what's going on and you have a new different relationship with your parents or other adults that are in your life especially it happens by the way after you have kids too because you're just like Mm -hmm. you get welcomed into some sort of secret club because it's like, oh, welcome to the children having club. Let's tell all of these secrets that no one says to anybody ever, which was a very wild experience. But I did like this and I wish they would have. I guess maybe I don't wish they would have had the dynamic of mother daughter still. I do like that they're friends. I like that we're burying yeah. the hatchet in a real in a real way. So it does feel more like an adult's stepmother stepdaughter relationship you know like there are different levels of being a step parent you know some like for some people it's you know they're 
their you know their third or fourth parent and they have an equal part in their lives for some it's you you have a friendship and that's that's the best you can do like that's the best you get and you know i think all levels of of those relationships are 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 good and meaningful as long as they're positive as long as they make you fulfilled as a person yes feel fulfilled as a person yes anyway let's talk about zelina she's moved out she's pissed She's she's leaving. She's no longer Zelina, uh, Regina's roommate that lasted half an episode, and she's going back to her little ranch. Uh, but she's not alone because Regina's there, and Zelina at first thinks it's the Regina Regina, but it turns out it's Evil Queen Regina in all her Evil Queen regalia. She's got a couple green, mean green martini teenies uh, here for Zelina. Zelina's breastfeeding, but she can pump and dump. It's fine. And now we're potentially having a new team up with Zelina and the Evil Queen. I don't hate this, but also, like, I know that they they keep Zelina around and they redeem her. So, like, it's like with Rumpel. They don't, they don't know how to do, they don't know how to make their villains stay good. And they don't know how to make interesting villains to replace them. So they, we just keep backtracking. They're putting as much energy as they can into Regina, and it's kind of working. Uh, kind of. Uh, I will say it's funny because they clearly did a lot of these shots of the evil queen wandering around and doing stuff all at once so that they didn't have to make Lana sit there. Because in this scene, Lana's hair is fully crooked. <laughs> because when she first showed up, beehive was straight like straight up and down here we go this she kept kind of turning her head i think they knew it was crooked but couldn't fix it so it was just like just kind of profile it a little bit no one will notice i noticed can't fool me i noticed (laughs) but i loved the scene because it was such a good dramatic bond villain reveal just she didn't even get up she's at a table in a giant dress by the fire that she fully built with a fireball, 100%, and whipped up evil cocktails, amazing, with two apples that didn't brown because she's the evil queen and apples do not brown around her. They are too terrified to do so. And yeah, that's season six, episode one, The Savior. Again, not the episode I was expecting to see. They're, they're trying to lay a lot on the table like they're really uh, and from what i heard remember reading in interviews for the season this was a season where they tried to go back to like the single season instead of like the two half seasons i remember at the time when they were doing the half seasons i didn't like it now i think it was a better choice (laughs) and i'm like so they're just putting so much stuff but they're like blending it all together and i don't see how it's gonna work because there was no time for characters to actually do anything and for characters to matter. Yeah, I do think this is also like the Game of Thronesification of television had started happening at this point. Mm. So it was, let's tell a bunch of stories that all eventually come to a head together. And sometimes that works. A lot of times it doesn't. And I think that that's, this is what, I think that's what's happening here. Honestly, it's a, let's just tell a bunch of different stories. It'll be fine. They'll carry themselves and they sort of don't. (laughs) 
Because you gotta have they have to be strong stories and they have to be compelling. And I guess I'm just not as compelled by Emma's visions giving her like whatever's and I just, you know, again, I'm making up other compelling stories in my head. What if she's in love with Hyde? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> Abby's fan fiction corner has returned. Has returned. It is a nature is healing. Abby's fan fiction <laughs> corner has returned. Well, everyone, we want to thank you for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. Uh, you can support us on Patreon. Become a monthly supporter for $1, $2, or $5. Uh, rewards go from everything from early access to bonus episodes or individual shout outs and thank yous in our episodes. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Ryan Gregoricus. Ryan, thank you so much. And if you want to join, you go to patreon.com slash OUA timing. So thank you again for joining us. And we're going to be back next week with season six i almost said five but we're on six now season six episode two a bitter drought bitter draft bitter draft it's beer it's beer we talked about count of Monte is it the Cristo. magic beer is it the merida beer no i don't think this is i don't think it's the merida beer it's a different beer is there a mer- is this the no because i know no. that um i know that the count of monte cristo is in this episode okay Okay, because I think I I feel like I remember us going through this drought draft thing, and I think it's draft, and I think it's beer, but may, I don't think it's the magic beer. No, I don't think this is the magic Boy. ghost beer. Guys, we're gonna unpack this all next week. We got it. Yes, we're gonna figure it out. We'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> so thank you to everyone for joining us, and Abby. We will see you next week. See you next week.